it's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Coming up in just a little while, we have a reverse Clark rage. I want to tell you how much most of us are willing to do for strangers. And coming up yet later, there are some things you've got to know as auto insurance has been getting steadily more expensive in most of the country. There are some things I want you to know that can lead to higher rates, some gotchas, some things you need to avoid. Clark.com is our main website. Don't avoid that. And ClarkDeals.com is where you go to save money each and every day. Speaking of saving money, you know, Target recently launched its new savings initiative is they have changed how loyalty members are rewarded with discounts. And Target was pretty innovative several years ago with the continuing program, the Red Card where it can either deduct from your checking account or it can be a credit card that gives you 5% discount on pretty much everything and gives you benefits like free delivery for a lot of stuff that other Target shoppers that they call, they call them guests or something, have to pay for. Anyway, Walmart has been silent in this area till now. And Walmart had been waiting to come up with a new credit card partner. They had become increasingly unhappy with the credit card partner they had. And so now they have dumped them. And Capital One is their new partner. So Walmart has a new thing that if you'll get their credit card, either that's only good inside a Walmart store, in other words, store cards, you know I don't like those, or a card that is also a MasterCard as well as being used at Walmart. And this gets a little freaky, weird, complicated. But if you use the Walmart app and tie in the Walmart credit card, the Capital One card, as you shop, you get 5% off your purchases when you shop in a Walmart store for the next year. After that, you get 2% cash back. So not as good as Target with the red card after the first year. But Walmart.com purchases with the Capital One Walmart card, you get 5% off on those once you have the card moving forward, and that does not end after one year. This is really a very positive thing for you as the three titans of retail continue to slug it out, which are, of course, Amazon, Walmart, and Target, although many people would consider Costco to be the winner of all four of those because Costco has uh, done extremely well in recent years, and they forever have had a card that gives 2% cash back that is available to Costco members. It's the Costco Visa card. So this idea of having the cards with the loyalty discounts is absolutely the game plan of the large retailers, including Amazon itself. Rachel's with us on the Clark Howard Show. 
How are you doing? Great, Clark. How are you? Good, thank you. So you have an either-or dilemma that is a struggle to figure out the right answer for so many people. So let's see if we can come to a good answer. Yes, sir. Here is my question. I spoke with someone who gave me a free online analysis, and here was her suggestion. She says... Until my auto loan is paid off in full, I need to stop contributing to my 401k retirement. Uh, And I'm not sure if I agree with this. Yes. That is advice that I never recall hearing. So let's talk about your auto loan first. Do you have some kind of weird, freaky, intensely expensive vehicle loan? No. No, I don't believe so. (laughs) No, it's at a very good interest rate, and I have less than two years left on the loan. And are you wheezing financially generally, or are you okay? No, I'm I'm okay, sir. I I feel like I'm I'm doing fine. I still like analyses, though. I like to see how I'm doing. (laughs) Okay, so that advice, um, I don't know what the individual is thinking of, but that seems like not correct at all for your situation okay because if you're in a position where you've been able to contribute to your 401k where you work and make your payments and still be okay overall financially then no way do i want you to make that either or kind of thing right now tell me about your 401k is there an employer match on it yes sir yes my employer matches a dollar 60 for every dollar i put in Oh, my goodness. And you were advised to stop doing that? Yes. I was very confused. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. I'm, I'm puzzled. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you definitely do not want to follow that advice. You want to keep okay. contributing to the 401k. That is an intensely generous match. $1.60 for every dollar you contribute, up to what percent? Up to 2.5%. That's great. So, yeah, you take the free money. So you want to contribute at least Mm -hmm. that much. And if you're in a position, so 2.5%, oh, my goodness, you're going to have to help me. Does that become 6 under that formula? That becomes 6, yes, sir. Oh, Oh, no, it becomes 4. I'm sorry. It becomes 4, yes. (laughs) Oh, so it becomes Mm 6.5. So I was wrong. See, I thought I was finally going to do okay on a math quiz. I still was (laughs) wrong. I'm the same. It's okay. Yeah, I have to. I write everything down. I've got everything on paper, notes in my phone. I write everything down. <laughs> so even if you did the two and a half, you're effectively saving six um, percent of your money. Six and a half percent. Okay. So are you saving more than that? Actually, no. I'm just. I'm just doing that minimum to get that match. Okay. I'd like to ask you to do something for me. Sure. It's really for you. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and step it up 1%. The complete opposite of what that person was telling you to stop contributing. Step it up so you're doing 3.5%. And I promise if your finances have been okay, you won't miss that one additional cent of each dollar you make. And then every six months, keep stepping it up 1% till it does start to make you feel like, I can't do any more. Because you want to save more than what you're saving right now in order to have a secure retirement. 
Wonderful. That sounds great. I also get stock, too. I didn't even mention that. Yeah, I get stock for participating in the retirement plan. Yeah, so yeah, I think the increase would be great. <laughs> well, good. So I'm so glad this person gave you advice that I think is off base because it gave me an opportunity to try to nudge you the complete opposite way to where you're saving more money, which I'm always a fan of. Tanya is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi. Hi. Tanya, you've got a hassle with a medical debt you want to run by me. Yes. Um, I had a surgery in 2013. and How are you doing um, now? Much, much better. Much Great. better. Great. Um, but unfortunately, uh, I had some circumstances that kind of messed up my finances some, and I those that debt went into collections. And while I was working on getting everything else caught up and fixed, that one kind of just sat there for a while. Um, and then it got sold to another creditor and placed on my uh, on my credit file and then got sold to another one after that. So it's, it's showing up multiple times, but it's the same debt. And every time that it does this, it's showing a new date. So like one says 2017, one says 2018, and then there's a new one that just came on this month that says 2019. So how do I get rid of those duplicates? Because I've disputed it, but it is a valid debt, but it's not a valid debt-free time. Right. So the debt, um, you said it was 2013? Yes, sir. What state did you live in at the time you had the, uh, the surgery? Kentucky. All right. So in Kentucky, I just pulled up the statute. They can no longer sue you against that debt after five years. So if it was 2013 debt, they can hassle you about it forever, but they can only sue you against it four or five years. And a very important thing, and I don't know if this applies in Kentucky, but in most states, if you pay anything against it to the collector, then it can start the clock all over again on the five years. So you actually can't make any payments on it without potential harm to you being sued. As, to your knowledge, you've never been sued on this debt? No, I haven't. Okay. So the date that matters is when the debt went bad six years ago. And so no one can. It doesn't mean that dishonest collection agencies wouldn't sue you against the debt, but legally they're not supposed to what's known as time-barred debt. So the collection agencies, you don't have to talk to. You don't have to communicate with them. In fact, if they do contact you, you can send them what's known as a drop-dead letter, tells them not to contact you further. Okay. Next year, the debt will hit seven years, and it can't even appear on your credit report anymore. And if anybody has it on there, like you were talking about the dates that these new collection agencies were putting... You challenge that on your credit report, and you challenge it based on aging. And you also send a letter to the collection agency saying that if they don't remove the item, that you will sue them under the Fair Credit Reporting Act. I have the information what you should say to them on Clark.com. Now, if your finances ever improve and you want to make good to the hospital... Do it as a donation to the hospital unrelated to this bill. 
Okay. Because again, in, any payment against that bill makes the date start all over again. Okay. What about the fact that they're showing up multiple times? Can yeah? So you challenge like you I challenge have... all of that because okay. that is an improper listing of a debt for the same debt to appear repeatedly. And remember this most important thing: time is your ally here. Um, what month was it? Do you remember in 2013 that you had the surgery? Yeah, it was December. So that means you have to wait till next December. But at that okay. point, that should never be on your report ever again. And okay. if it is, then you challenge that. Okay, thank you. And I'm glad you're mostly better. I wish you told me you had a totally clean bill of health from what they treated you for. I'm okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, best to you. Thank you. Certainly. At this time, you usually hear the Clark Rages moment. That's where you hear a story about something that could affect you. You could be ripped off, something bad going on. And that's why it's called a Clark Rage. Today, I have the privilege and pleasure to share with you a reverse Clark Rage. There are so many good people around us here in the United States and all over the world. There was an article in the magazine American Psychologist about what people do as bystanders when somebody else is in trouble. We have this belief, many of us, that bystanders just look the other way and keep going, or passive, and don't help people. But I want you to think about this. Anytime there's an incident where bystanders watch something bad happen to somebody else and just shrug their shoulders and do nothing, that by itself becomes a story because it hits us really badly when we don't help each other out. Well, now in many countries in the world, there are security cameras all over the place. So it's made a difference for researchers trying to study human behavior. There's so many goods and bads about these cameras. We could talk all day about the potential scary sides of the cameras, the potential good things with the cameras. But in this case, the researchers looked at videos of situations where somebody was in danger. Somebody was roughing them up, whatever. And this wasn't staged. These are actual videos of circumstances happening in three different cities. And guess what they found out? 91% of the time, 91% of the time, bystanders intervened to calm a situation, to protect someone who is being beaten up, to stop a fight going on, whatever. Sometimes you get in the middle of a fight, you end up punched out yourself. But the thing is, overwhelmingly, people stepped up and made a difference. The other thing that was interesting is the more bystanders there are when trouble starts, the greater the chances people step in to help out. Because there's, I guess there's safety in numbers stepping in. But I just want you to know, so often we hear only the bad 
about our fellow humans. And there are times that there are bad things that happen. But so often, when called upon, people want to make a good difference. People want to bring about good circumstances. I think about all the people who volunteer their time to make a difference at charitable events or to help people out. And this is yet another example. Think about it. 91% of the time, people step up to help. I think that's great. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. Clark Deals, where you go to save money each and every day or night. So I've had a huge increase in the number of calls coming in to our Off-Air Advice Center, which, by the way, we've been giving free off-the-air advice from members of Team Clark now for almost 28 years. You can see how to get free advice from the Team Clark Consumer Action Center on Clark.com. And here on the air as well, we've had a huge uptick in questions from people upset about increases in their auto insurance premiums. And so we have done research that we've now published a story at Clark.com on the factors that are leading to many of these increases that people are seeing just out of nowhere where you're seeing the big increases. And I wanted to let you know what the factors are. Number one, in almost all states, insurers can set your auto insurance premiums based on your credit score. And so if something changed with your credit or if an insurer changes how much a factor credit score is in setting rates, it can significantly move your rates down with a problem with your credit or up with great credit. And so that's number one in what can make a difference in what you pay for auto insurance. In most states, this is based on a study done by the Consumer Federation of America, your address is a big factor, your zip code, and what your premiums are. So you could move down the street, be in basically the same neighborhood you were in before, but just because you moved a few blocks, your premiums could go way up or down. And one of our staffers experienced this. She moved from one zip code to another zip code a couple of miles away and faced a massive increase in auto insurance premiums. Number three, I've addressed recently with a caller, and I want to reemphasize this, do not, do not, do not buy roadside assistance from your auto insurer. It is a trap. Most insurers use it as a way to rip you off. You may wonder how. So you have the benefit, you get a flat tire, let's say you call for the roadside assistance offered by your auto insurer, they come and they do everything for you and you're like, this is great, I had this. 
until your next auto insurance renewal comes along. And what a lot of insurers are doing is they're treating a request for roadside assistance as a claim on your auto insurance as a trick to run your premiums up and then they put it on an industry database as a claim known as the clue report so that you then would face massive price increases if you go shop your auto insurance with anyone else this is unethical dishonest dirty rotten unacceptable behavior from the auto insurance industry state insurance regulators because insurance is regulated by the states should flat out prohibit the practice of auto insurers cheating their insureds this way. You just got to know this is going on and do not have roadside assistance from your auto insurer unless you have in writing from them they don't treat it as a reason for setting your premiums. Here's another one. Like add salt to the wounds. Many states allow if you get divorced to jack up your premiums for some reason they've decided that's a way to kick you while you're down (laughs) you get divorced they raise your premiums on you isn't that nice there are other factors as well if you want to see those i've got those for you on our story about this but i've given you the main ones i don't want you to think that all insurers are looking to cheat you. You know, when you look at the insurers that do a good job year after year after year and don't look at you as a chump to take advantage of, don't look at you as the enemy, don't look at you as an adversary, they're the ones that people report great customer satisfaction year after year after year. Others are just looking at you as a checkbook. Malvin's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Malvin. Hi, Clark. It's great to hear you and be on the air with you. Thank you. Great to have you here. How can I serve you today? I'm calling about socially responsible investing, which I've been doing for many years, and I've been listening to you for years also. And I know you don't talk very much about it and prefer people to do other things, but my wife and I, that's really the direction we like going. Uh, And I've been using a, uh, an investment group, and I've also heard you talk about what percentages are really outrageous and which are not. Uh, and I just had them check in. The overall fee I'm paying on my things is 0.7%, which is certainly a lot higher than all the Vanguard and Schwab things you talk about. 0.7? 07. 0.7. Okay. Really, really- you know what's funny? If we were having this conversation 10 years ago, I'd say, that's fantastic. They're only charging you 0.7%? Of the money you have invested with them, that's great. And today, 0.7, you know, seven tenths of one percent of the money you have being charged each year is a huge fee compared to what's available right. in the market. Right. So, is there a way to do socially responsible investing uh, with lower fees? Yeah. So, Vanguard has been a late arrival in this area, but they now right. offer. Uh, socially responsible investing at 0.12%, which is almost free. And do they do any advising and, and, and fund allocation, or is that just I have to pick the funds? Well, they only <laughs> there's only one you can pick. 
oh, okay. for domestic is um, the they call it the Environmental, Social, and Corporate Governance Fund, and they have a U.S. one, and that's the one with .12, and then they have one that does the same kind of screening for international investing that's .15. Is that diversified enough uh, to be uh, to have everything in one fund? I mean, usually, you know, you talk about having things much sure. more diversified and more balanced. So that is the risk anytime you start calling the herd, is that you reduce the overall exposure. So what they do is they specifically cut out alcohol, cigarettes, um, anything involved with uh, adult uh, content, anything involved with guns, oil, uh, anything involved with gasoline, anything like that, any casinos, anything like that. And you can see the list. So you, you're talking about uh, a fair number of companies that would make up, let's say, the 500 largest in the United States, but you'd still have... I guess you'd still have 400 or more in there. You can, If you go look online at Vanguard.com, these are both ETFs, exchange-traded funds, if you're familiar with those. Yeah, that's what, what I was wondering whether they were ETFs or, in, or indexes. Okay, yeah, good. so they're yeah. ETFs, and you can okay. go look at the list of holdings for each and get a sense about how diversified they are, but it's the most cost-effective way for you to get that diversification. And uh, uh, and so so that's an ETF, so it's relatively diversified by itself. Well, that's why I want you to go look at the information on Vanguard.com, and you decide, does it feel, based on the portfolio allocation, does it feel diversified enough to you? Ah, I got you. And if it's not, do I have any other options? As far as ultra-low cost, um, you could probably find some moderate costs with Schwab and Fidelity, but that is, I think, as cheap as it gets, the vanguards I gave you, on doing socially responsible investing. Michelle is with us on the Clark Howard. Oh, I should say, Michelle, before I come to you, everybody's format of socially responsible is different one from another. So some people might say, hey, why would you exclude oil? Other people may be uh, big into uh, having guns and don't see why that should be eliminated from that. Uh, pretty much everybody gets it about um, cigarettes, but other people might not say that you should restrict gambling. So everybody has their own criteria, and that's something I would look at too, Malvin, is does this meet the standards that you like for what you feel is socially responsible investing. And M Michelle is with us. Sorry about that delay, Michelle. I forgot that last thought. Oh, hi, Mr. Howard. I'm excited to talk to you. Thank but you Michelle, Michelle, yes. you have to call me Clark. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I have a question about, so I entered into an agreement with my 12-year-old niece, and I agreed to pay her for every A that she earned in school, $200. So last year, the end of the school year, she banked 400 for making two A's. 
so I said to her, um, you're not going to get this until you graduate high school. And she was like, okay, so we agreed. So from here on out, she will get paid to go to school, basically. Um, so hopefully it motivates her to get good grades. But in listening to your shows, I basically came up with the, um, your would you would say probably put it in a CD, a five-year CD. Uh, actually, actually, I would say something else. Mm-hmm. You said she's 12, is that right? Yes, sir. So this is money she doesn't get till she's a young adult. What are the odds she goes to college? She will go to college. That, that's no. All right, then, then this is easy. You open a 529 college savings plan for your niece. Okay. You own it. She's the beneficiary. And every time she gets an A, you put the money in there that you promised her. And then when she's of college age, everything you put in it will have grown in, uh, tax-free, and it will be spent on her college tax-free. Okay. And so it's a superior choice because it doesn't complicate. If you put money in CDs or anything like that, that money then complicates her eligibility for financial aid. Oh, okay. But you owning a 529 account for her benefit is fantastic because under almost all college age aid formulas, that's not going to count. Now, here's a trick. You don't want to use the money for her education until she's a junior. Okay. Because of the way these funky rules work for financial aid at colleges. So the first two years, she wouldn't have access to it. But that gives two more years for the money to grow tax-free and be spent tax-free. Okay. And I have a guide at Clark.com of my favorite 529 plans. And I walk you through exactly how to buy them, what to put the money in. And you can just click whichever one you like you just click on the link for it and it'll take you right to the application that you fill out for your niece's benefit awesome thank you so much i really appreciate that absolutely and um i hope that the incentive of making a's will work for her pay off for her um i actually didn't get a lot of a's in school this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Greg is with us, and Greg, you would really like to head to the beach somewhere, and you know how much I love travel. I've got a question. My wife and I are going to be celebrating a milestone anniversary next year, our 10-year anniversary, and we're starting to look at uh, uh, places to go, uh, specifically down uh, in the Caribbean, uh, one of the high-end, all-inclusive places. 
we've started doing research online, and I'm just looking for your your point of view, your take on the best time of year to to find the deal and what they offer. And also, uh, when some of the sites include, you know, a few hundred dollars off on airfare uh, as part of the trip, is it better to book with airfare or or do that leg on our own? If it truly is cheaper doing all-inclusive with the airfare add-on versus shopping for the airfare separately, then go ahead and do it that way. But I'm skeptical. Usually the airfare option offered is not cheaper and the flight schedule may be something really that you're not comfortable with. And uh, did you say what month you'll be celebrating the 10th anniversary next year? We got married in June, but we're open to traveling any time of the year. We're, we're trying to find the best deal for the all-inclusive. We're, we're trying to find a higher-end place uh, that's got some really nice amenities. So we're, we're looking at, at cost on that. So not necessarily the, the time of year, but the price of it uh, would be the better deal for us. Okay. So the best, if, if you do want to lower the price, you go right after Labor Day, uh, anytime up till mid-December, except avoiding the period around Thanksgiving. But the absolute cheapest two weeks of the year for you doing that trip are the two weeks in December right after Thanksgiving, but before Christmas peak season travel gets started to the Caribbean and fun in the sun. Okay. And that's and more you- important even than when you book it's going at that time on the calendar. And do you recommend booking directly with the company that we're looking at, or do you recommend finding a travel agent to, to work with us on that? If you've done a lot of travel to places in the Caribbean, you know that market really well, you understand the all-inclusive market, you know what to look out for, book direct if you wish. If you're not very experienced at it, the brochures don't always tell the story. Pictures definitely don't. And I think it makes sense to use an experienced vacation agent to book that for you. They'll be commissioned by the resort. Uh, you may have to pay a little bit of money for the time they spend with you advising you, but they could help protect you from what could turn out to be a problematic trip that the place that looks great may not be great so i think that agents are valuable as far as when you book generally if you do go um off season which anytime after april next year's off season the best deals start appearing in march for the off season you're listening to the clark howard show Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.